I want to acknowledge the traditional custodians of the land in which this podcast is recorded, the Wurundjeri people of the Kulin Nations, whose sovereignty was never ceded and this area's original name was Nam. We pay respect to them and their elders past, present and emerging. Oh, it's the little podcast, babe. I have just started listening to music. <laughs> hand a fluffer, like it's very specific. There's no reason you can't have a cult focused on garlic bread. Oh, with the boys. With, 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 you ate it. It tasted like you were eating poison. <laughs> You're right there, darling. First of all, that's not standard issue. Astronaut wear. aren't you? Yeah, other people. I know what other people are, Annie. Oh, my God. Tuck it into your waistband. and can sometimes be seen at the top of the waistband being like... You would be the most annoying ghost. You know what? I'd like to be better at bringing my cat into work in a sneaky way. Chicken, where do you get your protein from? I don't even know why I call you my best friend. <laughs> I'm just hoping German terrorists don't take over this Christmas party. Make them go all John McLean on their asses. Die Hard reference. I haven't seen it. You haven't seen Die Hard? Mm-hmm. Why haven't you seen Die Hard? Die Hard, still great. Yeah. Hey, what do you say we make it a double feature? What else do you rent? Die Hard 2. Joey, this is Die Hard 1 again. But we watch it a second time and it's Die Hard 2. Joey, we just saw it. And? And it would be cool to see it again. Yeah! Die Hard! No talking about Die Hard. Okay, I can do that. Or Die Hard 2 or Die Hard 3. What? Come on, so you just want me to talk about the fourth one? There's a fourth one? Charles! No judgment me for not knowing the diehards. Well, people write letters to movie stars. The Simpson guy writes to movies. Dear diehard, you rock. Especially when that guy was on the roof. P.S. Do you know Mad Max? You're listening to We Want To Be Better, an upskilling, socially conscious comedy podcast hosted by me, Bianca Ismailovsky, and me, Annie Nolan. Oh my god. Did we just do it? We did it. We did it. And we'll never mention it again because uh, we're amazing. And we might have plagiarized someone else's because someone tagged us in that the other day, didn't they? Someone tagged us in their favourite podcasts. And, and they wrote we, they wrote what we should be saying about our podcast. Yeah. Upskilling uh, social <laughs> conscious podcast. So thank you to uh, Instagram at alleviate.it because you alleviated us. Of the pressure of trying <laughs> yes. to write our own. We're gonna intro. keep saying that each week. Now, this is I've never been more excited to record an episode and in my life. I know we've done like abortion. I know we've done recently name changing. Name changing. I know we've talked about death, actual death, actual grieving, death, grieving, yeah. Earthquakes. Earthquakes, trauma, so much on this podcast. Yeah. We have been through a lot. Mm-hmm. Even, you know, alcohol, that whole series. We did oh, a whole yeah. series on alcohol <laughs> just yeah. recently. Just recently. I have never been so nervous to record a podcast mm. with you yeah. than today. You should be nervous. I, stop. Because <laughs> I I honestly really couldn't sleep last night. And um, no, it's not funny. No. Like the amount of pressure you've put on me. I honestly don't even. I Look, okay. So just so we, we get up, up the top, I'm sure you've seen it in the name of the podcast. But today we're talking about Die Hard. Specifically, why is Die Hard the greatest movie of all time? Greatest action movie of all time, let me just say that. And it's one of my favourite movies and Annie hasn't seen it. So we want. I wanted to do an episode about appreciating the movie. I reckon you would talk about Die Hard probably every single time I see you. That's, yeah, that's fair. That's fair. Uh, just like one little quote, one little anecdote, yeah. one little bit mm-hmm. from Die Hard. That's like on Die Hard. I mean, come December... And Christmas time. Yeah. I mean, a couple. Like, I was probably about five mm-hmm. per time I see Absolutely. And, yeah, you watched Die Hard. Yes. And we're going to talk about it right now. And you're going to. I feel me- like, okay, I just need to appeal to the people that might be a little bit like me. Uh-huh. I would generally have no interest in listening to a podcast where mm-hmm. <laughs> they talk about Die Hard. And, I, and I'm okay with that. I'm actually okay with people that are sitting here now being like, I don't want to hear this because I, by the end of this, am going to make you appreciate Die Hard for what it is. And if you already are a Die Hard, Die Hard fan, see what oh, I did there, no. you will get extra kicks from this because obviously you, lo- you have good taste in movies and you will get to appreciate Die Hard even more. So I'm actually looking forward to the ones that are not interested because I'm going to get you over to the Die Hard side. 
All right. So what do you want me to say? I've watched it. You've watched it and I want to know, what did you think of Die Hard? Well, I had a moment where I just stood in the shower afterwards just with the water pouring over my body and Liam popped his head around. He's like, are you okay? And I thought, I don't actually know what to say. Like it didn't change my life. (laughs) I think it was meant to change my life and it didn't change my life. It wasn't bad. I will give it that it held up really well for a movie that was made in 1988. Yeah. I will definitely give it that Mm -hmm. because I went into it thinking there's going to be some cringe. Yeah. There's going to be – but it was was quite uh, intersectional for its time. I'll give it that. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Look at your little face. All all valid points, yeah. Um, But mm, I okay, so you gave me some rules to how to watch it. Okay. But – I'll just say that I, I did obey by the rules. I had to put my phone away. <laughs> okay. I had to watch it by myself. Yeah. I had to close the curtains and mm-hmm. I had to concentrate because you know that I'm not very good at concentrating on movies. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I would have been really gutted if you um, hadn't. And I think since it, this movie came out in 1988, we're allowed to do spoilers. Yes. 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 Well, spoiler alert, there's going to be some spoilers. I feel like not to be awful, Bianca, but I think most of the spoilers aren't any shock. Like, it's a pretty predictable movie. Like, oh, sorry. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Oh, that's fair. I mean, like, you know the action hero is going to win. Okay, so when the guy, the the cocaine guy, he... (laughs) Ellis. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, he decides that he's going to be a hostage negotiator. Yeah. Hans, Bubby, I'm your white knight. Yeah, that (laughs) that one. Mm -hmm. Look, it lost me for about 10 minutes. I yeah. pulled out my phone and then I realised uh-huh. that, oh, I'd been on my phone for 10 minutes. So I did, but I did, I I scrolled back for a little bit, but that was, it was pretty engaging up to that point. Yeah. Okay. That's fair enough. Ellis is the worst. So it's easy mm. to tune out on him. I, I tell you also what, fuck loads of toxic masculinity in that movie, mm. in that, like as in, I'm saying that the movie is really good in framing that toxic masculinity is shit. So in a way, I reckon that you could see this as a feminist film. And also, I will just say on that point is that Holly Gennaro was a new type of female lead at that time because she didn't take shit from men. She also wasn't waiting to be rescued. You know, she like held her own. She also like left her husband to go get a job. She changed her name back to her maiden name. Like she did a lot of things that actually female leads hadn't done at that time. It is very bizarre that the week after we do a podcast on you changing your name. Yeah. A big theme in this was the main character changing her name and her Mm. surname, right? Yeah. I did feel very, oh, at the very end when she changed her name back. Yeah. Because he was like a superstar. Well, I mean, if your husband did do what he did. No, no, no. I'm not saying that you change your name, but you would like once he's cleaned up, you'd fuck him so hard. Come on now. Well, I will say that I had a moment of little like pukey moment when they kissed and he was covered in blood, like absolutely (laughs) covered in blood. And I thought, oh, why would he do that to her? And then I remembered, oh, I actually have done that with Liam. You know, when the baby comes out and you sort of have it and you cuddle it and then it's sort of like blood on your face and like stuff. And and then like your husband kisses you and then you sort of look around, you're like, wow, we're all covered in blood now. Yeah, but at the same mm. time, that's like blood of people you know. This yeah. is unknown people's blood. I mean, oh yeah, it it's was, anyone's blood. That's true. Thank, Thank you. you. So yeah, they yeah. were disgusting. Yeah, I think they had something like thirty-two different singlets for him because his shirt just goes from like white, mm. or like it just gets progressively dirtier as the film goes on. Like he gets so dirty yeah. by the end of it. Uh, but look, we'll talk. We'll run through the plot okay. first of all. all right. So for those of you who haven't seen Die Hard, and you know, I suggest that you watch it uh it's just about one run-of-the-mill cop who attends a christmas party in his wife's office which gets overrun by thieves but posing as terrorists and is forced into a situation where he has to save the day Um, they're terrorists well i will get into that in a minute but yeah he has no shoes his feet get bloodied and it's christmas time so that's what you need to know about die hard really the thing is about the terrorists Actually, they were meant to be terrorists completely, but the director was like, it's going to be too dark and too politically motivated if we just go with terrorists. So that's why they added uh, in look, the theme I've of him made being. A point of that. Yeah, they added right. in that. Okay. So the very opening, he is on a plane and he yeah. is talking to this other guy, and the guy is talking about Fists feet. With I, first of all, 
I didn't realise there was going to be such a big foot theme. Well, that's, There's a big theme about yeah. feet in this movie. That is why they say the foot, the fist with your toast. Yeah. It doesn't actually help, but they needed a reason for him to not have his shoes on. Whatever, he gets off, gets at the airport and he has a ciggy while he's waiting for his bag. Immediately, I didn't know when this was made, but I immediately went, well, I can't remember a time ever in my life where you were allowed to smoke in a fucking airport, like right there in the middle of the airport. Really So this is definitely has to be just before I was born. I was bang on. I was born in 1989. It was made in 1980. Yeah. So I did get out my – I paused the film, sorry. I paused the film and I looked it up and it was 1998. I was very, very surprised because as soon as the like – terrorist people came out Mm -hmm. like when you finally get to that point they were west germans and the berlin wall fell in 1989 so i thought god that's really that's a really risky feeling to have yes but also you've got to remember i mean look when uh that the movie villain was germans or like russians for a very long time Pretty much up until September 11, in which case then it changed to Middle Eastern people. So prior to that, most of the time they were villains from that area anyway. So Mm. it does make sense that they would have that. Yeah, yeah. Let's get into characters, why the characters make the movie so good. Because, you know, Bruce Willis is John McClane. One of the greatest action heroes of all time, to be honest. The thing is about Bruce Willis in that movie is that he wasn't an action movie star prior to that. He was in this mo- this TV show called Moonlighting, which is like a comedy drama show. And when they got him in the film and the trailers came out, people actually laughed at the premise of Bruce Willis being an action star hero that the creators of the movie changed the posters to not have him on it. And it was just the tower because they were so worried that people wouldn't go and give the movie a chance because he was going to be... The main star. And they were like, we fucked up. I can't think of him as anything but an I know. Movie he person. was so good in that movie that he's now become the Bruce Willis that we know today, but it was all because of that movie. And he's very sexy, I will say. No, no. Yeah. I, no, absolutely. Like, I, I just, there's just not my taste, I think. I used to be so obsessed with Die Hard that my MySpace profile, mm. I had a picture of John McClane from Die Hard in my About Me. That was like, I was that obsessed. Okay. Right. So, yeah, I took him very seriously. Uh, Bonnie Bedelia. It's, it's, like, it's actually <laughs> disturbing. Like, your love for this, I have given you a whole podcast episode on this. I know, but I think it's. I think that people need to appreciate Die Hard more. I think that they owe. You've had a Miley episode and now we're on to Die Hard. So you had a grief be- episode. Oh! <laughs> <laughs> Oh, 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 yeah, no, that's the same. That is exactly the same. Fucking Okay, yeah, well, right. we had an episode about rescuing kittens. That's your thing. You did it with me. Well, you literally did that with me. Okay. Oh, my God. Anyway, <laughs> continue. All right. Body Bedelia, as Holly Gennaro, as I said, yes, yeah, she was a new type of female lead and she really sort of paved the way for less damsel in distress female leads that's all thanks to die hard so you can thank die hard for that and also her hair is high fucking phenomenal <laughs> I mean, if anything dates it it's her perm i think mm. now this is the one that i really want to talk about alan rickman as hans gruber um okay so i just want you to know all this time that we have been friends mm-hmm. and you're like watch die hard watch die hard and i'm like yeah 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 you could have just said that Alan Rickman was in this film and I might have watched it. Yeah. I'm absolutely sure I've you brought it abso- up. I definitely have brought you it up. You always say Hans, whatever. Hans Gruber. You don't, like, you've never said it was Alan Rickman. Okay. Ever. So listen, Alan Rickman as Hans Gruber, easily one of the best movie villains of all time. Like, you have to agree with that. Yes. Okay. Also, because I know you love Harry Potter, you can thank Die Hard for the reason why Harry Potter was so good because oh God. Alan Rickman was only a stage performer and had done some British TV prior to Die Hard and he was only in Hollywood for like a couple of days when they cast him in this and he was like, I don't want to do it. I don't want to be in this movie. I don't want to play a villain. And they were like, please do it. So that was his first movie ever in Hollywood. He did such a good job that people started seeing him as a villain and if it wasn't for Die Hard, he would not have been cast as Professor Snape. So Yeah, but we would have found someone else. 
<laughs> no, I was joking. Listen, you, I'm so. This is why I'm sco- so scared of you. You just gave me a stare that <laughs> hurt. Okay, I'm sorry. Keep going. Another I thing, shouldn't have said that. No, you shouldn't have said that. Yeah. And the thing is, as well, sometimes yeah. when a movie is cast and it's perfect, it's hard to imagine someone else taking those roles. Oh, okay, so. It's interesting that you would say that about I was Professor just, I Look, it was just I'm just low blowing you and just yeah, trying well, to be you controversial. Watch, you watch yourself okay. when it comes to Die Hard, right? And the thing is about Hans Gruber is that he's oddly likable. He's so like cool, calm, collected, well spoken. He's smart, and you're kind of rooting for him. He's the most fuckable villain of all time. Would you agree yeah. with that? Yeah, you're attracted but, to him. Oh. I don't think I found anyone attractive in this film. Actually, maybe the women, but no, I don't think. I am. Like, I, I, I just like the, oh, I could be friends with him. I don't want to fuck him. With Hans Gruber, you'd be friends with him. Yeah, I mean, probably not because he is a, mm-hmm. he likes shooting people. But well, yeah, he's a villain. That goes against my vegan ethics, but yeah, yeah. that's pretty much it. <laughs> <laughs> and also a little, little just tidbit for you, when he fell at the end, when he's falling mm. and he's got him by the the watch yes and he falls the look on his face is actual genuine terror because he didn't know he was going to fall the guy dropped him at two when he was actually counting to three so his face is actually terrified so oh yeah it's probably it feels a little bit unethical i would agree think? actually but you know you can't beat with that cinematic dynamite can you, uh, you can't argue yeah. with that i did find this movie probably the most terrifying thing about this movie is that it is set in a building, so it's my fear of heights. And then they're just going through air ducts, like, you know, mm, the claustrophobic. Claustrophobic. Holy shit. Mm. I don't care about the shooting and stuff. That was fine. Getting close to the windows and on top of the building mm-hmm. and that that stuff makes me, yeah. Oof. And do you know what I like? Because I go on all these different floors, obviously. And how annoying is it at the beginning of the movie when he comes to the hotel and he's like, oh, I'm looking for Holly McLean. And he points to the computers like you can find them here. He puts in the name. He goes through all of this stuff, and then he's like, "Oh, they're on the thirty-first floor. They're the only ones in the building." Well, if they're why the only ones in the building, why yeah. didn't you just let them go through to that building floor anyway? Yeah, but they wanted that scene of her the changing, changing the name. name. Like, I get it, but still, it's just like it always irked me a lot. Another thing as well, because of all of the elevator floors and things. The cinematographer for this movie got stuck in one of the elevators and he got the idea because he then directed Speed for the elevator scene in Speed. So you're looking at me like you haven't seen Speed. No. Okay. (laughs) So all I'm going to say about Speed is that it's dope. I think I actually have. If you like Sandra Bullock, you'll want to watch Speed for that. It's like the one where the bus keeps moving, is it not? It's about a bus that has to keep its speed less than 55 miles an hour. And if its speed drops, no? Uh, Yeah, I've seen it. But I I think I saw it when I was like maybe, what, nine or something? I can't remember. Another character, another reason that Die Hard works so well is because of Sergeant Al Powell, who is a cop that likes Twinkies. He shot a kid, has a pregnant wife, and becomes best friends with John McClane. So that relationship of those two is great. He's the only one that's really got McLean's back. I think he's a cup. Maybe not LAPD, but he's definitely a badge. He cares about McLean. I really don't like how, you know how I was saying about the toxic masculinity thing? Mm-hmm. It reminded me of when people are genuinely in distress and they get called like attention seekers and stuff like that. He had to have a body fall out of a window onto the cop car before they believed him. I know. What in the <laughs> holy shit? That, yeah. like, I mean, it does give us a really great line where he says, welcome to the party, pal. But at the same time, I agree with you because you're like so frustrated for him. Yeah. How many calls of distress like <laughs> have to be made to be taken seriously? You know, is do we have to drop dead bodies on cop cars? And even then, there's a scene later on and he's like, oh, it was probably just a businessman suiciding because it's a finance building. There was a dead body that fell on a cop car and you still don't believe him. <laughs> and, as well, and as well, like when Ellis dies, they blame McLean for it. Like he's the one that shot him. It's crazy. I mean, McLean is just up against it in this movie and you really do feel for him. Uh, there's Argyle, the limo driver, who's he's just... the best character in the whole film. <laughs> he's just, he's fun. Uh, he likes to hang out with 
a stuffed teddy bear. And he looks like he's 15. I think he actually might be 12, to be honest. (laughs) I don't know what's going on there. There's Johnson & Johnson, the FBI agent. So, you know, it's funny that they both have the same name. And I love how he has to point out that there's no relation. I love also in action movies how when it's coming from this point of view of a cop, the FBI agents are always made out to be hopeless. Yes. But when it's from the FBI, FBI the cops are just like, hopeless. they don't know what's going on. Yeah, they yeah. really portray them differently. And some, it's so funny how you'll be like, oh, FBI's here. Like, roll your eyes. You guys with your red tape and your bureaucracy coming in here. But uh, hold on. In this film, the FBI were the ones in the helicopter and they're like, oh, remember Nam? I know, yeah. Like, again... <laughs> And then, you know, they go and get themselves blown up. So it sort of like proves my point again that toxic masculinity, just calm it down. The things that honestly work are when Holly goes in and she just talks. Just has a chat. What in the fuck? Like, oh, anyway. (laughs) Yeah, I know. Like I I was watching this thing the other day where they were interviewing Trump supporters. This was before Trump was voted in and they were at like a Trump rally And this woman was saying that she believes that a female president wouldn't work and that she's like a woman can start a a war like that, you know, like if she's in a bad mood. And the guy's guys like, but haven't all wars been started by men? And she's like, uh, (laughs) yeah. And that really (laughs) angers me actually that people use that excuse of that women – because we have, we're so flighty with our moods that we're going to start a war. Like we're just going to kill people because we've got a period. Yeah. Literally that is what people think. So frustrating. Sorry, Hans, wrong guess. Would you like to go for double jeopardy where the scores can really change? One thing that's really great about Die Hard and what has changed the way that action movies were made is that action movies before that were really dark And Die Hard has this mix of great comedy one-liners that hadn't happened before. Like usually it's just like an aggressive action hero. But Die Hard really brings in that comedy and the one giggles. Yeah. So some of my favorite quotes, just I just want to go through. I'll see if I can remember where they were in the film. Okay, so when he throws the guy out the window and he's like, Welcome to the party, pal. This one. Now I have a machine gun. Sick, right? Uh, when he's in the shaft. Come out to the coast. We'll get together, have a few laughs. Yes. Yeah, you like that I do. one? I know where all these will go. Now, because it's so fresh for me. I <laughs> and also the scene where the woman's like, this call is for emergencies only. This channel is reserved for emergency calls only. No fucking shit, lady. Do I sound like I'm ordering a pizza? Yes. Yeah, I, th- I think I, that was the one that I laughed. And then obviously the best line from any action movie ever, I'm going to let you say it. Um... Is it the the YPI one? Yeah, that's that it. One? Yeah. Oh my god, yeah. did I actually get it? <laughs> yeah, yeah. The y y y like it's like I'm Yankee. Gonna, I'm gonna yeah, I'm gonna something let like you get there. Oh fuck! Uh, I can't. I can't. Yank. It's like are you trying to be cowboys. Yep. Yeah, got no idea. Yippee ki yay, motherfucker. Yippee ki yay. Yeah, yeah. Which is. is said in every single Die Hard movie ever. Every oh. every single one. That's like his catchphrase. It's oh, like right. one of, it's one of the greatest lines of, okay. of every movie ever made. Do you really think you have a chance against us, Mr. Cowboy? Yippee ki motherfucker. I, I'm glad that you've been really open yeah, to right. Die Hard. Yeah. yeah. Yep. No, I liked it. It was good. I mean, it was a waste. It wasn't a waste of time. It was all oh, right. I'm, I'm so glad to hear that. Yeah, <laughs> I'm glad that it's like done now. I will never have to have a conversation with you ever again about me having to see it. Although I still haven't seen number two, number three. Well, that's what I four. wanted to talk about oh. was the sequels because I wanted oh. to just run through. I just want to run through them really quickly, okay. just so that you can get a hard on for Die Hard and watch them too. A hard on, yeah. So the second one is called Die Hard Two, Die Harder. Uh, this one's pretty much the same as Die Hard. How one. do you die harder? Well, you go to die hard, but you die even harder. What? <laughs> I don't. I don't know. But what is interesting? It's pretty much Die Hard, but instead of being set in a tall tower, it's set at an airport, mm. and the main villain does exercises naked, which really shows what a villain he is. Okay, Ooh. that's yep. So there's that, and he can and he can shoot off the TV with the remote. So he he turns the remote like a gun and turns off the television. It is the most ridiculous scene I've ever seen in a film. Wow. 
Uh, but that's a really good one. Die Hard 3 is Die Hard with a Vengeance. Now, that's this, the one you love. I it? do really love this one. I would say I prefer Die Hard 3 to Die Hard 2, but I'll watch them all. Die Hard 3 with a Vengeance is set in New York City and you've got these little Simon Says riddles. But the vengeance part is that Jeremy Irons plays Hans Gruber's brother who's out to get his revenge on John McClane while simultaneously stealing a lot of money. This movie, interesting enough about Die Hard 3, is that the directors, producers decided to try and solve racism with it. Oh, no. Um, oh, no. There's, oh, no. There's a lot of themes of racism and them trying to be more understanding of one another. It's misses the mark. I can tell already. <laughs> it's, it is a very – it's just weird that an action movie would take so on that is, responsibility. This is the thing with men, right? Again, <laughs> I'm just going back to my little trope here, uh, that you give them a compliment like I did at the start of this podcast and I said, oh, it held up pretty well mm-hmm. for 1988. Yeah. Like, it's pretty intersectional for its time. And you give that compliment and now they think that they can solve racism. Yeah, it is. It Fuck is such me. an really? odd. It is such an odd choice. I don't know what they. I don't know why they felt to add that in. Like, there's enough going on in this movie, right? There are bombs going off, and they're searching like every school for this massive bomb that's going to wipe out a school. And they're doing all these riddles, and they're breaking into the Federal Reserve. There's so much going on. I don't know why you have to add the edit element of let's try and solve racism. Yeah, and I, not solve it either. Yeah. Like this is something that actually you're going to get really <laughs> angry about. Oh, great. Okay, so Samuel L. Jackson. Oh, he's in it. He is in it, yeah, yeah. So he he's uh, partnering up with John McClane. He's just a civilian, but Simon Says wants him to go along with with John McClane. And Samuel L. Jackson is kind of sick of McClane's shit, rightly so, because McClane's going to get him killed. And So also... Like he was just an average run of the mill cop. Like yeah, um, yeah. He's just the the uh, John McClane, so yeah. um, wrong place at the wrong time kind of guy. Yeah, yeah. How three times? It sounds like now he's got a little bit of to his head. Has the thing he? is, they he's kind of looking no, for trouble now. No, every no? each right. movie it gets. So Die Hard Two, right? He's got like a really good relationship with his wife. She's back with him. They're spending Christmas with I their bet family. He fucks that up. He fucks it up, doesn't he? No, he doesn't. But by Die Hard 3, they they really lean into the fact that, like, when you're a hero, you give up so much of your life. Like, people don't want to be around you. So Holly's, like, not talking to him. And um, he's, like, a washed-up alcoholic. And, you know, his life's falling apart because he keeps saving people. Like, I don't know, what, I don't right. know, I don't know why they add that in. But, yeah, as the movies go on, his relationship with his family and kids gets progressively worse to the point of, like, it doesn't exist. Because he's he has to take the good road of like helping others that he can't focus on himself. It's a bit of a crock of shit though. Oh, hundred percent like, to jeopardize your family. In Die Hard Three, this scene, uh, John McClane, the white guy, says to Samuel L. Jackson, "You don't like me because you're a racist." And Samuel L. Jackson says, "What?" Oh, I was just about <laughs> to say the same thing. And Bruce Willis says. You don't like me because I'm white, like you're a racist. Oh, no. And then, and then Samuel L. Jackson says, I don't like you because you're going to get me killed. Yeah, so that's what I mean when I say they tried to solve racism. And How is that trying to 100%. solve racism? Yeah. Oh, no, they have this whole theme. Like the, yeah. It's just, it's very, yeah, it's, it's terrible actually. So that one didn't age quite as well. Doesn't age as well. Okay. But the, the plot line is interesting. So there's that. It also has like the worst special effects of this scene where John McClane is in a tunnel and water starts coming towards them and instead of showing the water, they just show this like black smear that's like painted on the screen getting closer to him. It's fucking terrible, but I recommend watching it just for that alone because every time I see it, I cringe. Die Hard 4.0 or Live Free Die Hard, which is how it's known in the States, is set in Washington and it's all about cyber crimes, right? Because remember how when everyone became obsessed with the internet, Every Y2K. movie, yeah, like everything became, yeah. Well, actually, I think it was released in like two thousand and five, maybe. It was, oh, it was, it was wow. w- way later. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and basically, they have Timothy Olyphant, who's a sexy villain who is destroying. This is something I also don't get. So he's trying to destroy the government and basically bring down capitalism because he told them that would happen and they didn't listen to him. So he's like showing them that it can be done, you know, yeah, like right. one of like he's got a grudge. So capitalism wins. 
I think I go for the villain in that one. Well, yeah, you definitely go for the villain. But I think he's also killing everyone. That's the thing. Mm, It's not just bringing the system down. Yeah, he's like, he's aggressive. And also, the thing is by Die Hard 4, you know, like Die Hard Hard 1, it's just a guy, you know, in this tower. And then, you know, Die Hard 2, there's planes involved. And then by Die Hard 3, it's It's getting a little bit. Die Hard 4. He literally like throws a car into a helicopter and he's like on top of a crushing plane and like jumps off. Like it just too much. It's too much. Yeah. Way too much. I still watch it, but again, too much. God, I hate to hear what five is going to be like. Now five is a good day to die hard and we don't talk about that one. Oh, what did he do? It's fucking the worst movie. So die hard one, possibly the best action movie of all time. Die hard five, possibly the worst. It's fucking awful and they're made by the same people yeah i don't think that the same director would be on board for that surely not because it's shocking and we just don't we just pretend it doesn't exist it's a it's a standalone film yeah but bruce willis by this time like he's just phoning it in bruce willis used to be like this amazing action hero and you'd watch a movie just because it had him in it but i think he must be like nicholas cage at the moment because nick cage just will take any movie he can you know how nicholas cage is always in like fucking awful movies and you're like what is going on like you're an academy award-winning actor right you make really good movies but then you do some absolute shit ones he's done it because he's in a lot of debt and he's just basically making movies to get money and i'm assuming that's the same thing as bruce willis because wow. why would you do that right okay. yeah yeah oh, i didn't know any of this i was always kind of partial to roy rogers actually i really like those sequined shirts that's the basically the history of die hard but what i did want to talk about is a point that is constantly discussed about die hard And I want to know your thoughts on it because you've just watched it. But there is a debate about whether or not Die Hard is a Christmas movie. What are your thoughts? I preferred Home Alone 2. You preferred Home Alone 2? Yeah. I'm sorry. That has has Donald Trump in it. You pick Home Alone 2 over Die Hard. Oh, God, yeah. It does have Donald Trump in it. Yeah, I do. Isn't that so? That's, I know. And he fucking ruined The Little Rascals as well. Wait, is he in The Little Rascals? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, Waldo, Waldo, Aloysius, blah, 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 the fancy one with the fancy car. Yeah, 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 he's yeah. He's the dad. What? Yeah. Fuck, I haven't watched that movie in so um, long. God, he's just. I know, he fucking floats everywhere and gets his stupidness in. I know. So anyway, yeah, sorry. That's an action film. That's my type of action film. Little Rascals. No, Home Alone 2. Oh, okay. Yeah. I will say about Home Alone. Kevin McAllister yeah. is a fucking psychopath. Yeah, but as a kid, you can't say like I used to fantasize about accidentally getting on the wrong plane and going somewhere where my parents went. Do you know what else about Home Alone Two that is very bizarre? Is like that the guy, the concierge guy, is so intent on finding out if Kevin McAllister is traveling alone, he breaks into the room. Like, why wouldn't you just call the police? <laughs> but, like, but, like, why are you taking this upon yourself? There's, look, there's a lot that you've got to overlook. Harry and Marv would be dead. <laughs> after after the first movie, they'd be dead. But by Home Alone 2, he becomes so psychopath that he's just throwing bricks and at Marv's go. head. Like, that's... When, that, I don't know why, because I am so lame, and this might be the difference between you and me, but when the tool chest falls down the stairs... And wax them in the face, and then they turn to the camera, and they're both their noses are like mm. to the side. I used to laugh so hard at that. Still, <laughs> yeah. I still laugh. No, I the scene in Home so Alone funny. one when Harry opens the door, the back door, and like the blowtorch gets on the back of his head, and he's <laughs> like, ah, like that kills me every time. I will never not <laughs> yes. laugh at that. And I think I just had fantasies of like finding a pigeon lady. I don't have a lot of patience for the old person that helps Kevin out storyline oh, in any I of do. the films. Yeah, I don't, I don't I appreciate it. I love Pigeon it. Lady so much. In fact, I think I wanted to be her. I, I can't really look at her because it. I just think of that Mary Poppins song, Feed the Birds, Top yeah. of the Bag, and it just – it. I love that one too. Okay, yeah. yeah. But um, well, I just – back to Die Hard. Is it a Christmas movie? I'd probably say it is. There's yeah. A lot, they talk about Christmas a lot. There is a lot of Christmas, but people say that it's not because they say it's, it's – Christmas Eve. yeah. Okay, so I have been on on the side of like it absolutely is a Christmas movie because, you know, it's set at Christmas and there's a lot of mention of Christmas. Mm. And the director thinks it is. Bruce Willis doesn't, but that's 
Yeah. You know, Bruce Willis has made a good day to die hard. So, you know, we can't trust his judgment. But what I found out is that it was released in American summer. So it wasn't released at Christmas time. So? Which does change why I would understand why people don't think it's a Christmas movie because movies, Christmas movies are released at Christmas. Are all Christmas movies released at Christmas? Yeah, that's the point of a Christmas movie. Oh. I mean, obviously for me it doesn't matter because I wasn't alive at that point, so I still think it's a Christmas movie, but I can understand how... Like, was The Grinch released in, at Christmas? Yes. Was? It would have to be. But they have Christmas in July over there anyway. I'm on board that it's a Christmas movie. I think I, it is. I feel like I would be really robbing you to take that away from you. And so I'm fully I just on don't board know why people Christmas. still go on about it like it's such a debate topic. Like how much Christmas needs to be in there a movie for it to be a Christmas There are other things that annoy me movie. more. Like why have they got toil- like a carpet in their toilet? That annoys me. Who has a carpet in yeah, their toilet? Yeah, when he takes his socks and stuff off and he's feeling... Um, no, no, he's, he's, he's in an office. the toilet. No, no, no. He... He walks into the bathroom, but he goes from the bedroom to the bathroom. Uh, okay. Well, I thought it was a toilet. And, like, uh, why does he – okay, this is another thing that annoys me. Okay. He is trying to hide from them, but he's decided to have a cigarette. Like, cigarette is going to give away your position. One, it's a little smoke signal to show you everyone <laughs> where you are, but two, it smells. Yeah, you reckon that's you could go without a cigarette for a little bit if, if your life depended on it? The only problem I have with Die Hard, and it's such a minimal problem because the movie's practically perfect, there's not really much you can point out, but the ambulance comes out of the truck at the end, yes. right? And that's what makes Argyle notice it. But when the villains arrive, you actually see them all come out of the truck and you see a shot inside the truck and there's no ambulance there. So but someone could have done that. No, no, no. The director even was like, oh, we fucked up. Uh, but they're like, oh, who cares? And yeah. it's a completely forgivable mistake. I also don't really like how many automatic guns miss the target and these are meant to be like expert shooters. Like, yeah, that's that- always an issue in action movies. I don't think this is just something just for Die Hard. But like, <laughs> why, why, why in action mm. movies? Like, so there's obviously people whose job it is mm-hmm. to kill people. And they have automatic guns, which they don't – they have a lot of bullets and you don't see a lot of recharging. They just go on and on and on and they miss the target. Like how does that happen? I – yeah, I do find it interesting how well you can just cover by ducking or just like hiding behind a desk and they can't get you. But then when you come around the corner and you shoot, you get the guy on the first shot. Oh, first shot every time. Every time. And like straight in between the eyes or – chest or whatever. Next time you have a chance to kill someone, don't hesitate. Thanks for the advice. My question is, because obviously the theme of this week is to get you to like Die Hard or at mm. least be better at, I guess, appreciating Die Hard or just action movies in general because I know you don't really like them. Yeah, yeah. Would you say that you're now more of an action movie? I have since – I've got more into horror and action movies since, like, meeting you. Oh, that's – does that mean something? That does mean something, actually. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I watched that scary movie with you and your mum that time and I really liked that, whatever that was. <laughs> oh, yeah. What was that movie in? The Hand That Rocks the Cradle. Yeah, The Hand That Rocks the Cradle. I liked that one. That was good. So, for people who haven't seen The Hand That Rocks the Cradle, my mum and I weren't sure what movie to get Annie to watch because she doesn't watch movies and we thought, oh, this one, she'll like this one and fucking nailed it because it is quite terrifying. Yeah. And I watched that, like, you'll understand it, right, because you are a mother. Oh, that is that is what your mother was saying. You, you are going to be <laughs> affected by this, Annie. You are a mother. You are going to find this. I don't know about this one, Bianca, because she is a mother. And I was like, Mum, you're, you're a mother. mother. <laughs> um, but I watched it with Palmer and I was like, it's so fucking freaky and it's scary. And he was like, it's not that scary. And I was like, well, you're, you're not a woman. And you wouldn't understand. But I think it is terrifying because I don't want to ruin anything again, but if you haven't seen The Hand That Rocks the Cradle, obviously watch that. I like the psychological one. Oh, you like a psychological thriller? Yeah, yeah. Oh, I love a psychological thriller. Don't even get me started. I didn't even know that that was the genre. But, yep, that's what I like. A psychological thriller. Yeah. Okay, yeah. I love a thriller. That's probably my favourite. Like Action movies for me, personally, I'm not massive on them. And I always remember this Matt Damon quote where he said – an action movie is like a porno. 
it's such small amounts of plot and then just like massive amounts of action yeah. and like that's what you're watching it for. And that's why I think Die Hard is different because you've got the elements of like, yeah, a good plot, good action, but like also you're really rooting for the guy and also like the comedy factors. I, I agree with the lots of action bit mm. that – you know, not much plot, blah, blah, blah. I think I don't, can't watch action movies because there's only so many ways that I can appreciate just, like, shooting and ro- so many fucking forward rolls. Like, <laughs> what is going They love a somersault. They love a yeah. somersault. Like, yeah. I, can't, I can't get past that. And I don't know. I, I, don't, I don't mind it. It's not, uh, it's not that I don't like shooting or I'm scared or anything. It's just... Uh, how it's many mindless. helicopters and yeah, stuff can that's I the deal thing. You with? Get, you get desensitized to it yeah. after a while. And some movies come out with the action far too hardcore, far too quickly. Actually, the most distressing scene in Die Hard is, is when, when they... Takagi? No, is when they raid the building and they're shooting. And you actually think that they're shooting all the people. Right. But they're shooting their guns into the air to and they're rounding them. up mm-hmm. the people to scare them. But you think that they've come in and it's like a terrorist attack and they're just like yeah. shooting at everyone and everyone's screaming. That is definitely the scariest part of that whole movie. But that is why Alan Rickman as Hans Gruber is so good because you do see these like terrible villains come in and you're like, they're absolutely horrific. And then you have this well-spoken man who starts talking about Takagi and like his entire life and he's so pleasant and or stuff. He gets, and it's, the, he gets the couch for the pregnant lady. Yeah, it's that juxtaposition of like him actually being quite a classy man and – that he's just like, you know, a thief. Exceptional thief. I think the thing is with like action films, <laughs> I know this sounds a bit bad and maybe I just don't have, I don't know, fine taste for action films, but it's generally like there's a hero, there's a girl he likes mm-hmm. that he wants to get back. Yeah. She's and then usually in danger. So it usually is like they start and they're not together. Yeah, usually she's in danger. Mm-hmm. And there's a whole heap of action and then you know that the baddies are going to die. Sometimes yeah. if there's going to be a sequel, the main baddie might live. But there's all this stuff. And then at the very end, he like gets the girl and he always leaves. I don't know. I just like, I think that it just sort of goes from A to B every time the same way. That is fair. Happy trails, Hans. This is just the main question that I want to ask. And maybe it's a difficult question for me to ask you because you probably haven't seen that many action movies. But would you agree... That Die Hard is the best action movie ever made. Um, like I said, Home Alone 2 was very good. That doesn't. <laughs> um, no, I, I. well, it's. I think it, yeah, I think so. Oh, I don't know. But well, no, what have I got to compare it to? I can't even think of another action film I've watched. Taken? Have you seen Taken? Nah. Okay, well, that will be. No, I, no. Nah. <sighs> I don't know. I've watched horror films. I can't, I don't really like horror I think the thing is when it comes to a film is that the more you learn about the actual movie, the more you will appreciate it. So I find it interesting to like learn about how it was made and things like yeah, that. Yeah, And I will say with horror, I was kind of in the same boat that I didn't like horror movies when I was a teenager, but I studied horror at school for like a whole term and it became one of my favourite genres after that because once you I understand... Don't, I don't mind horror. I think that there's like... You know how you were saying before, like psychological thriller or yeah. whatever. I think that I have a genre that I really don't like, and that is like take them and torture them. Like I don't oh, like torture porn. No, Fuck no, no. Like, that's hostel, just like, sore, none of those. Nah. Yeah. So all of those are just no, thank you. I just can't watch that stuff. But I can watch like scary jumping out. You would love so. Human Centipede if you're into torture porn. That's. That doesn't sound like something I would like. It's terrible. Oh, good. <laughs> but you have to watch I it. I still haven't seen Silence of the Lambs. What? Oh, my God. What? What? I I haven't. What? Oh, God. Does this mean we have to do another podcast? I am. No, I'm so sorry. I haven't seen it. You quoted it all the time as well. And I just don't say anything because I've like got to the point where I just feel okay, very okay, uncool. Okay, 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 okay. All right. We're going to wrap this up shortly. But I just want to tell you if you like psychological thrillers you're missing out on Silence of the Lambs. Really? Yeah. I'm telling you, Annie. So this is what I want you to do is just be better at watching movies because evidently it's something that you don't do. I know. And I was thinking like what is my equivalent back to you, like something that I've seen that I think that you should really see and I just am so stumped. I would assume it's Harry Potter. Nah. No, because I don't know. I feel a bit disappointed that you haven't read the books. But then I'm not that. 
Like, I, I think that the movies are wonderful in Harry Potter, but I think that they're made greater if you've read the books because it's just like the books coming to life. And it hasn't got all the detail of the books in the movies, but it, mm. they, you mm. know, putting like faces and stuff to characters is really cool. But watching it without the books, meh, whatever, give or take. I really like film, but I don't like the way that film is made today. Because nowadays it's all about cinematic universes, sequels, remakes. Like I like original films and I, and, and I find that that is so rare and that's why I probably watch so many older movies because the newer stuff I don't really like. Well, also I've noticed and I've noticed this within myself is that the way that we have um, our minds work now because of the internet and because of like little clips that come up on our phone all the time, we don't give anything a shot. We are so impatient. Liam was telling me that he read something the other day about TikTok. The average person gives a TikTok video three seconds before they scroll. Three seconds. So they'll scroll, a video pops up, they'll watch for three seconds before they determine whether or not they're going to keep (laughs) watching or not. But the maximum is a minute. Like... Yeah, you can't give a minute. No. So three seconds is the average time that someone... That's fucked, isn't it? Yep. And so I've noticed even within myself that you sit down to watch a movie and I actually have to remove phones. I have to... Like, I have to be ready and in the... If there's any, that's the problem is the phone is because if there's any moment where you're confused or any down moment, you're going to pick up that phone. And not only that, I'm someone that needs all the details. So, of course, when I was watching this film, I was straight away like, oh, well, you know, smoking in the airport or the telephones with the cords or the pornography that was on the wall. Mm, yeah. I was like, oh, that's not the internet. <laughs> that's not where we get our porn yeah. from anymore. So I was like, oh, God, when was this made? And I was trying to date it. I was doing a, like a little mm. game in my head. And, of course, I pull out my phone to because find I out. want to find out. I'm a bit bad like that. I need to put my phone away. Yeah. I know because people say, oh, well, I don't, I don't watch movies anymore. I don't have that attention span. They're like, oh, but you'll sit down and watch a whole series for a day. Like you're giving away that day, right? But I think it's the fact that like movies are slow paced yes. and that's why. I mean like – Well, it's think- funny because most of the movies that I love from when I was a little girl are not fast. I know that you were saying the other day that you haven't seen The Piano. I've got that inside. I'll give it to you. I love that film. She's She doesn't talk. She's you mean mu- The Pianist? No, The Piano. It's like it, – I think it's New Zealand uh, film. I've literally never had a conversation with you about this film. Yeah, no, I have. And how? Because I said uh, I don't want to give away. But okay. I'll give she like she can't talk in the film, so okay. it's like silent the whole uh, way. Um, I don't know. I I think that when I was younger, I had so much more patience, probably, and also I had a lot more time. The other thing is when I sit down to watch something now, I put too much pressure on the film. I'm like, oh well, this is my time. In amongst like having kids and animals and editing audio for podcasts and doing my business and all this. Okay, cool. I'll sit down. I'll watch something. It better be fucking worth it. Yeah. And I think that that's like not really fair. I, I, I And I probably just don't give anything the time. And I, I think when I'm sitting down to watch something, I feel like I need to watch things more for enjoyment rather than like educating myself. I'm massive on documentaries. Pretty much everything I watch is documentaries. And I think it's that, well, one, I just love it and I love that type of thing to watch. But two, I also feel like I'm multitasking my time. Like, oh, I'm becoming more knowledgeable Mm -hmm. in my spare time. Yeah. So I need to probably find things that I just enjoy because – at the end of the day, it's still really important to watch movies and appreciate movies because that's good for your soul. That's good for switching off. That's good for being able to understand your best friend when she's quoting at you constantly. Yeah. Yeah. And, and as well, so many things that you watch nowadays, they just reference things. So if you haven't seen the show or the movie that they're talking about, mm. it's difficult to know what they're talking about. Mm. So then you feel like you're out of the joke and then you're like, well, I won't watch the show anymore. So, And Die yeah. Hard is done a lot, so often. I bet you'll now recognise it a lot in pop culture. So I'm glad to have given you the gift of being able to watch Die Hard. And I got so excited when I I dropped off the DVD to you and I was like, oh, man, I'm going to go home and watch Die Hard. I can't wait. And then I was like, oh, wait, no, I 
I gave it to Annie. So I just was like watching like snippets of it on YouTube. <laughs> Fuck, it's so good. I got so excited just to talk about Die Hard. So thank you for allowing me that. And yeah. anyone that is listening and wants to watch it, buy the DVD. Okay, not everyone has a DVD. You'll have to illegally stream it because it's not on Netflix or anything. I don't know how to. I don't know how to do that stuff. But yeah, definitely watch it and watch two and three and four and stop at five. But give it a go. Fuck yeah! I'll have to think of something because I've only, you've had both Miley and you've had Die Hard now, and I've only had grief. <laughs> <laughs> I will have to think of something. <laughs> and you had earthquakes. Oh, sorry, shit! I'm at my I'm at my quota. No, fuck! How dare me? No, no. Okay, you think of something that you want me that you want to show to me. Because I, I know what how the pressure feels when someone is like, oh, you know, watch this. Like they, they'll send love you a video. What I love, love what, what I love. love. I understand the stress and I'm really glad. I, like I, I was nervous that you weren't going to like Die Hard at all because I was like, she's, I've hyped it up too much is what I thought. Yeah. But then I was also like, there's no amount oh, of hype I, I do have one more point. Um, oh, sure. Yeah. You know how he buys that big grizzly bear teddy? Mm-hmm. Absolutely. If you're absolutely not. If you're trying to get that woman back, that ugly fucking thing. Because what happens with those big toys? I'm sure if you've mm. ever been to a fair yeah. or the Melbourne show or whatever, yeah. the kids want to be win the biggest prize. And then when they do win the biggest prize, now you have a look. The mother is walking behind the kid with the big smile and the big teddy bear mm-hmm. and the mother's going, where the fuck does this fit in my house, this yeah, massive true. dust collector? Don't do that. Okay, first of all, I think he might have been giving it to his kids. Yeah, I know. That's what I mean. And then you can't part with it because what happens is the kid really loves it, attaches themselves <laughs> to it. Yeah. I know this because my mum used to get the biggest, ugliest stuffed toy she could for her nieces and nephews at Christmas just to annoy her sisters. I know she's an absolute monster, my mother. Um, so <laughs> that's I, so good. Like, as soon I know as what to get you for Christmas. No. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, I'll think of my next thing. Something that I love, and I mean, it's been very vulnerable for you because I, I can appreciate that you've put something you love out there, ready for critique. I did like it. Yeah. Um. I mean, it's. I mean, it, like I said, I just it look. It didn't change my life, but I definitely liked it. It was great. Yeah. I think just even from a historical point of view, you should watch Die Hard. Like they should be teaching it in schools, in my opinion, so that you can see that there is like two parts of life. Like you know how there's like BC and AD. Yeah, yeah. there should be like BDH and ADH, <laughs> and life ADH is just better. Okay. <laughs> Yippee ki motherfucker.